5: Good morning and welcome in live Bet Sunday presented by Bet MGM. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel, Kelly Bidlin alongside for the show. Coming up, uh, very excited. Thirty minutes from now, uh, we are going to have Alex Schiffer with us. He's going to ta- discuss a little bit about what's going on with Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets. He, of course, works for the Athletic, covers the Brooklyn Nets. So we'll get Alex's thoughts on uh, everything happening and uh, present him with the question that Will did or our little roundtable. If if he, uh, what do you think is going to happen? I think he's
6: out, but uh, it's so fascinating. We'll find out. I want to go like full page six on it where there's so many things that could happen. I'm very why. excited to
5: see what's going to happen. Yeah.
6: I'm very excited. All right, our crew behind
5: the glass has done a tremendous job. It's on the screen. Magic Hornets. Yeah, This is a sneaky, fun, sexy game to watch early in the morning. You know, you want to sit back, you want to, you know, bet a little bit, you want to get into it. Let's go. You got to get into it. So we'll see if that's going to be the case. Uh, as far as this is concerned, you have not really bet anything, uh, right?
6: No, I have not. Okay. I have not. Right. This would this would be an underlean for me though, 236, 236 and a half. Uh would definitely be an underlean for me on the uh on this game. Uh, and, and you know, if I had to go to one side, it would be Orlando still, but you know, no surprise if you've been listening to me talk NBA all season, I do think this is one of the uh the hot young and up and coming teams uh as far as what we're seeing in the NBA. Orlando though over their past nine games, 5 and 4. We're talking a minus 1 uh point uh, differential points per 100 possessions uh 19 it comes in 19th ranked offense 12th ranked defense you look at the charlotte side yep. the team has just really struggled to put points together right last in the league offensively yet with a top 10 defense over that time so i do think that's that's where i would look would be the under in this game uh if i had any bet this might be a Live betting spot for me. See how they get started here uh, early in the first quarter and possibly jump in uh, on the under. Now, last night, I uh, I thought I just nailed live betting. Uh, really took took Wizards big before the game against the Nets. <laughs> Swung back in with a uh, Nets plus uh, nine and a half uh, in game. And uh, yeah, no. Nope.
5: nope. Happens. I, I actually, I got burned. I bet the Clippers Knicks second half under. And uh, it was Oof. there. It got under one twelve and a half. and a half. It was there the whole way. And then they went to overtime. And, and then I, you know, overtime, yep. Where so, unders
6: go to die.
5: Yep. And it was cool because uh, I did, a, I did a cool spot. It was like a new hit with like a new group of people, right? They loved it. They were like, man, that's really great analysis. We're all going to bet the second half under. I was like, cool, we're going to get it. And then uh, yeah, it didn't happen. Did not happen. So uh, if you watched the MSG Betcast yesterday, you saw that. That was a lot of fun. All right. So with that, we'll keep track of it as we get set to tip off uh, the uh, injury updates, too. As you mentioned, uh, Carter is going to play Mo Bamba and Jalen Suggs, uh, both serving suspensions. Bamba out for four games. Suggs is going to be out for one. So those two will not play for the Orlando Magic. As far as uh, since we're here, I wanted to go through because there are a couple of injury notes and we're going to keep track of Michigan, Ohio State, which is just getting started, too. That is uh, underway right now. They are set to tip off. So that is going to be something we'll track as well, uh, as I mentioned with William Hill. Just seemed like
6: with a birdie. Yeah. I should have bet it coming in. Jeremy should have bet it coming in.
5: Um, but with Ohio State, a team that has lost eight out of nine games, it is going to be interesting to see because some of the metrics and uh, numbers and projections still think are pretty high on this Ohio State team. By the way, can we just get over this? So they're showing the, they're showing the, the jersey colors. And above it, above Ohio State, they said this, it's scarlet. Like, just put red. All right? We get it. It's Ohio State. I, I
6: can't. I'm not going to be the guy that complains about not seeing TVs in here, but I cannot see the the, the hue of their uniform. Okay.
5: So hue, you're not going to be the guy red? to to complain about TVs and then subsequently complain well, I can, after I can read that the statement. Score.
6: I can read the score and you I can know, you see, can, see you the can, action.
5: You can text Elliot behind the scenes like I do and just be like, hey, can we switch these up? You know? So... <laughs> Now that we're here, though, guys, you think we can maybe no, put that no, down for no, King Kelly, who's, who's been here for like an hour and is already just just making demands no, left no, to right? No, no, I
6: like where the TVs are set, but if you want me to give me an update on whatever game's going in that far right corner, I have no idea. Oh, it's LaSalle of St. Joseph's, 37-30, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 1908 left to go in the second. That one's
5: all you. The Hawk has uh, flapped his wings 30 times so far. <laughs> that's, that's what's happening. <laughs> <the first> <laughs> I, I smell
6: a... Sh- uh, oh, right, never, yeah, I think yeah. that's
5: the case, right? Because, like, yeah, he either never... Oh, does he never stop flapping? So I thought it was, like, for every point, and so thus, like, he just never catches up because he never stops flapping. Apparently, he just does it the whole time, huh? Interesting. All right, JVT. That dude's got to have some, like, Dwight Howard-esque, like, delts, right? Like, those are some big shoulders. That's crazy.
6: For a three-hour show, how long do you think you could make it flapping your waist throughout the entirety of the show?
5: Not that long. Like, I have, look, I'm not the most svelte guy. I've been lifting a little bit more lately to try to strengthen it up. I'll go like maybe 10 minutes.
6: If I went, if you went $200 because an hour, like
5: it's, it's the equivalent could, could you of like, make it through an hour. Like when you do those shoulder circles, right? right. Like those make you burn for a minute. Yeah, so no, like, totally. if you're doing this,
6: if I don't I was think like, I could do it. Here's $200 hour. online right now. Do it for an hour. Could you make an hour i mean i would try i would try too. right of course try. i don't think i can make it an it hour also depends though. like right. is
5: part of the wager do i have to go all the way up and then come back down is there a point where you don't count the flaps because oh, I'm, no, not no, no. I'm not gonna
6: get into like the the push-up police that i are like that right like you didn't go far you didn't go down far enough
5: oh, it's already starting to burn <laughs> Already like ten seconds in, not feeling great. All right, early six-two lead for Michigan uh, over Ohio State in that game. So what I wanted to bring up here, and this is kind of it's a handicapping deal, and right, it's a quiet day in terms of sports for the most part. We do have this golf tournament that we're keeping track of uh, that you are so very much into, and uh, we also have a couple of college basketball games, but it isn't a big NBA card. Yep. And when you look around, what I think is pretty fascinating, and we always have these conversations because it is, I always say, right, something is never like the worst or the best of what we've seen. Cause you just get caught up in the moment. And it seems like that. Having said that, I will say it does seem with the injury, you know, gains that some of these teams were playing. It is some of the most volatile that I've seen NBA injury reports since like peak COVID, right? Where guys yeah. would just get ruled out of nowhere uh, because they were, had a positive test or because they were close to somebody and had to maybe uh, sit and get tested, whatever it was. And they were in protocol. So I bring this up because as you look at today and the way it is going to look, we have already brought up Joel Embiid and the games that the 76ers are to play with them listing. It was questionable for each of the last five games
6: down to a three and a half. I'm saying now.
5: Yep. And so, I mean, and that could be information that could just be the market saying, Hey, we haven't gotten an update yet. Let's just move this a little bit more. You know, you never want to take moves too seriously because you'll see these creep and then all of a sudden spring right back up. Once official news is in so far, Nick's still catching four and a half with a total of two twenty four and a half and a half over at bed MGM. Uh, but, wanted to bring this up as we're looking around because let's take Memphis and Toronto, for example. Memphis injury report is loaded. Yes. Steven Adams is still out due to injury. Dylan Brooks is serving a suspension because he's kind of a, uh, you know... We'll call him a D because it, what he did to Donovan Mitchell was absolutely ridiculous. And I'm not, so I'm not like super tough
6: guy. He, he should be suspended for both. Uh, yeah. Like I'm not Here's a, a track record now. Right? right.
5: And I'm not super tough guy, but like, I will say like, I would not really let that fly. That was ridiculous. What he did uh, for those who don't know, just look it up. He swung and uh, hit Donovan Mitchell and the jewels on purpose. Uh, Jaron Jackson, Jr. Questionable to play. John ja Morant, questionable to play. These are very impactful and uh, they players right for this team. And if they do not play, I would actually argue... So Grizzlies are two and a half, total yep. two thirty and a half. and The only guy missing uh, for the Toronto Raptors is OG Ananobi. Um, as we know, he's been out with this wrist issue. Two and a half does for a team in which the, where they're at injury-wise. If John Morant and Jaron Jackson cannot go, there's a very strong argument made that this should be pick or maybe even Raptors minus one, if that is going to be the case. Although the Raptors defensively have not been playing well without OG Ananobi. But this is one of those... So I bring this up because and somebody writes a column, does the preflop stuff. I have found it oh, like harder and harder every day because these injury reports are loaded with questionable guys who are very important yeah. to these spreads.
6: Yeah, Yeah. I think the, uh, look, I, I have mixed up with the way that I've attacked NBA betting. I think more in the past I would say more in the past year, right? Mm-hmm. Going back to this point in the season last year, but all of this season, I've mixed it up more than I have in probably the past five years before that where you, you, you know, you and I have discussed this on hardwood handicappers, but we love betting overnight lines, yep. but these injury reports can screw you so much. that You, you have to be careful with it where, you know, I'll still bet overnight lines, but It's small. It's small. Um, and usually games that I plan on go uh, plan on going into, it's betting small. Anything pregame is usually small because we always say you're always you're almost always likely to be able to find a better number in game than you were pregame. Now look, I think people say that a little too much too often. Uh, where it is like sometimes there are games where you lay points and that team leads wire to wire. Is it is it rare? Yeah. But I think if you really like a game, you don't want to not bet it and then possibly miss out on that, right? So, the way though, for the most part, I have been splitting my my bets this year has been okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna bet half pregame and then I'll load up in game if I like a better number in game on that team. So, uh, I think that's a way to go about it with a lot of these games and especially JVT. If if you're looking at injury information like that, right? There's there should be no concern. Um, You know, especially if you're doing this more recreationally, there should be no concern for you to be sitting on Twitter like JVT and I usually are 24-7 waiting for injury updates. If you could just bet it once it gets going in game, you know, that's for the NBA recreational betters out there. That is all I would suggest. If you're if you're doing this a little bit more seriously, then look, you you live on Twitter following beat reporters anyway. So. We, what have else a, is
5: new? we have a we have a we have a breaking update here in the last ninety seconds. Okay. Uh, apparently, the St. Joe's hawk, the kid who is the mascot, gets a full scholarship to St. Joseph's.
6: That's well. I mean, I think that's well deserved. That is absolutely well that deserved. Well de- I mean, that is that's more well deserved than anything that kid could have done a- academically heading into the school. And as Elliot has,
5: uh, as uh, Elliot has pointed out to us, and as actually somebody tweeted at us, Elliot, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, the motto, the hawk will never die. So, I mean. Okay. I can get dark about that, but essentially it'll never stop flapping its wings. And a few years ago, as Elliot sent to us, ESPN broadcasted a St. Joe's game, used a meter, estimated the Hawk flapped its wings no 3,500 times during regulation. So it just never stops. No way, that's insane. Imagine overtime, right? Because you don't stop during overtime. What's the longest game? Can we look this up? You guys are great at research. Can we look up what's the longest St. Joseph's game that they've ever played? Has there been like a six overtime game? <laughs> the Hawk. I mean, the Hawk had to have died at some point during that game.
6: That's wild. I, be- I believe that, uh, you know, I'm a Florida state grad. I yeah. believe she chief. O- chief Osceola is also uh, also ha- on your scholarship for what he does. Really? Yes. Cause it's a kid who rides that horse.
5: Can I add to the search? How many mascots get full scholarships yeah, in college yeah. sports? because well, that's another one too wow so many things to research here. i mean
6: western kentucky that guy the big red guy right like he i mean you would think he's got to get something i mean the trojan to,
5: guy he's got to wearing them. right he's got to put the, the sword in the middle of but the that's field. cool
6: that's cool that's a cool word.
5: yeah well it's no but i'm saying sword. do you get a mascot or do you get a scholarship for that
6: i don't
5: know all right we'll take our break we are underway in the association let's get to the super bowl on the other side talk about super bowl mvp it's a prop some more here on live that sunday
4: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that? A myth. On Death of an Artist Season 2, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever. And the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
4: This is Live Bet Sunday on vSAN, the sports betting network.
5: It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM is all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting boosted odds specials. Sixth man of the year in the NBA, which has Jordan Poole with 41 out here in Nevada. Get it! Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 years of age or older to wager, physically located in Nevada as well. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. So we like these. Uh, rabbit holes are awesome, right? Right. You start out a video of peanut butter and jelly. You end with the assassination of the Duke of Yorkford. Like, it's freaking awesome when you go down these internet oh, wormholes. Oh, right.
6: especially YouTube rabbit yeah, holes. Yeah, it's, it's
5: fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the wormhole that we have entered is, right, the St. Joseph's Hawk. Mm-hmm. And we are tracking, right, we were, hey, you know, the Hawk never stops. I, I I thought it started with he flaps his wings for every point. It goes to we learn that he just never stops flapping. It goes to, okay, well, when's the longest game ever? It goes that we find out that the 1961 NCAA tournament game between St. Joseph's and Utah... Um, during the during that tournament, wins to four overtimes, so that's pretty interesting because that's a really lot. We were calculating the number of flaps in that game, which led us to the fact that um, in that tournament, they were stripped of that finish in the third place game because those starters were potentially shaving points. Wow! Yeah, how about that? Just
6: makes it all full circle. This is back, is, back to gambling, that's right?
5: right? Isn't it, always, full, isn't it I, always? You know, the
6: other thing I want to know that I'm thinking about this more if he's if he's just flapping, he's just flapping the entire time. Hmm. But what's that thing made out? Cause that's going to matter too, right? You know, get some super lightweight material, maybe not uh, that bad.
5: I would assume they're also you, probably in better some, shape like
6: wool wings or something like that. That's a problem. They're That's probably in issue. better
5: shape than people like you and me and <laughs> probably has like no problem <laughs> doing this. I any way. passed <laughs> out and dead by half time. <laughs> in any way. All right. Some score updates real quick before we get to uh, the Super 12, 11, Michigan up on top of Ohio state. We've got 13, 13 left to go there and underway out there in Charlotte, Gordon Hayward at the free throw line, Seven fifty one left to go in the first Hornets close about a one and a half, two point favorite. They are up 14, nine is the first Gordon Hayward free throw is good. And, um, LaSalle up on top of St. Joseph's 4238, 1417 left to go in the second half. So Super Bowl 57? 57, right? Whatever. I, I hate is. when
6: people ask me that question, but yes, I'm 98% sure it's 57.
5: So let's just start here first, and we can tie this into uh, conversations that I actually like having, uh, which is there's been this thing with Patrick Mahomes now in terms of right, we we have to do this. We have to talk about legacy when it comes to some of these guys. Um I'm of the mindset of, like, first off, legacy talk is kind of eh. But also, I think you can watch Patrick Mahomes in the first, what is it now, five years of his career, six years, and realize, because he did sit one of those years, how great this kid has been. Yep. It's pretty incredible to watch what he's been able to do now for the Kansas City Chiefs. Eh, I, he's going to the Hall. Right. I think he could. Well, who was it? Was it one of the Kelsey brothers? Somebody said he could. Or no, it was uh, Taylor Lewan, I think, who said, like, he could retire after this year and he'd be a Hall of Famer. I think that's pretty accurate.
6: Yeah, totally. Uh, And I'll go off of some of the numbers you're seeing on screen right now if you're watching YouTube TV or uh, streaming at vcin.com. This is uh, Elliot, our producer, just setting up a Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes through six seasons. So regular season starts 80 for Mahomes, 78 for Brady. So pretty similar there. 13 postseason starts for Mahomes versus 11 for Brady. Pretty uh, similar there. Super Bowl appearances, three for Brady. Two for Mahomes, Super Bowl wins. Three for Brady, one for Mahomes. So obviously Mahomes sucks. NFL MVPs one versus hero for Brady. Uh, passing yards, twenty eight thousand. Over eight thousand more passing yards from Patrick Mahomes at this point. Pass yards per game again through uh, through six seasons, three o two point six versus two thirty point seven for uh, Tom Brady. So Mahomes obviously sticking out a bit more early on, but we know the early part of Tom Brady's uh, career very well. We know the early part of Patrick Mahomes' mm-hmm. career very well. And, oh, uh, Tom Brady ended up playing to the age of, well, what, 45? Is that where we finally hung it up at? Or was it 46?
5: Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. We'll see what happens yeah, in the next couple of he months. He will
6: be linked to every, every team throughout the season, JVT, or preseason. I hope everybody understands Yep. that every team that has a good team that has a quarterback injury, Tom Brady's name Will be the first to jump out.
5: So it leads to the conversation. You make me the case, right? Because a lot of people like to get cute with this market. I'm sorry, it's hard to because voters are simpletons at times. How is it that anybody other than if it's the Chiefs who win the Super Bowl? How is it anybody other than Patrick Mahomes who's winning Super Bowl? MVP? Okay,
6: completely agree. I I, I completely agree. I've been say I've been saying that all week ever since this opened. Um, I think there is the an overwhelming narrative now at, at this point for Patrick Mahomes to win MVP with what he's done with, with, uh, with this ankle. There's that, plus the fact that, look, if they're winning this game, I don't think they're getting it done with the running game. I don't think that it's, it's the defense completely shutting down, or one specific player on the defense, uh, shutting down Jalen Hurts or anything like that. It is Patrick Mahomes. Can, can, so, can, I,
5: can I say really quickly, yeah. keep in mind, so today I, I tweeted this out, right, I retweeted the clip, so it's the six-year anniversary of that uh, Patriots comeback from the, in the Falcons game, right? Oh, James yeah, yeah. White in we'll that game, that. right? But James White in that game, 14 receptions, 20 points scored. He scored three touchdowns. Brady won MVP, yep. right? So, like, these voters do not get really deep with the analysis when it comes to these games. Like, outside of one of the receivers potentially grabbing, like, you know, if Travis Kelsey gets, like, you know, four receptions for four touchdowns, maybe that's the case. Highly unlikely that's going to happen. Like, I know we like to go defensive players, and we like to go, hey, yeah. you know, if this happens or that, there is – out of a, a thousand simulations, Patrick Mahomes is not winning this award. I don't know what nine like out of out of those he's winning it nine hundred and forty-two times.
6: Probably something like right, that. yeah, probably. So I, I would say, and to your point, I, I would say Kelsey is probably the most, the next most likely on Kansas City mm-hmm. because I can come up with a narrative for that, right? It's none of these wide receivers play for Kansas City and they are extremely limited, which means Philly knows they're going to Kelsey all the time. And Kelsey still p- puts up a monster yep. day, right? Like, that's the only other way I can draw a line to, to someone else that's not Patrick Mahomes. Hey, here's a question I'll throw back to you, though. What do you suggest? Let's say uh, I'm a Chiefs better out there, and I'm calling up the, uh, the VEASAN helpline, right? And I say, hey, JVT, what do I do uh, with the Super Bowl here? Should I just bet doing, Patrick Mahomes?
5: Why are you doing this we're, old-timey voice? We're going, voice. To, we're going yeah. to the 20s. That's where help helped yeah. us.
6: Right? So, should, should I just bet Patrick Mahomes MVP, or should I bet the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl?
5: Well, either you're going Patrick Mahomes okay. plus 125, right? Okay. I think they are probably be the way 100% to go for
6: 100 of your bet. Yeah. Okay.
5: I, I just we we overthink ol- this I'm at times. I'm only asking yeah. that
6: because I think there's a lot of people that have trouble wrapping their minds around. Wait, I'm but I'm betting team X to win the Super Bowl, but right. I'm going to make this bet instead.
5: Yeah. No. It, it,
6: it is tough, but I would do the same thing. Yeah. I would do the same thing.
5: I mean, it also. I mean, you can look at look at the Super Bowl MVP odds too. By the way, it gives you an idea. Look at the names. Can you throw this up there for BetMGM? How many Chiefs are on this list for the top options? We have Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Miles yeah. Sanders, <laughs> Conradic, and Dallas Goddard.
6: Yeah, well, right. I mean, I think especially with the receivers, you really can't post anybody else yet, right?
5: Yeah, right. I mean, you can't, but still, even if they were, you really, you're going to go Juju Smith-Schuster oh, like, or... Chris Jones
6: and the running backs yeah. have to be next, and that's what yep. they are.
5: Are uh, you going to go Pacheco? Like, like, there's just, it's no. not... No. Th- when you're looking at the way this thing plays out, I just don't like we have seen this time and time again. It has not played out. And especially I when mean, it comes yeah, Danny's to Danny's a slam dunk. Well, and this was brought up this was brought up yesterday. I think it was Danny Burke who brought this up when we were talking about it. You know, the other thing that works against you, like if your thought process is I'll bet defensive player who can make big play, they submit their votes early. Yes. So like, yes. like, the, like, like, and you really think about it last year, you know, should have won. It was Aaron Donald. So to get but back his, to that, his it, big play happened after votes were submitted. So he couldn't win the award.
6: So I'll have to double check this. And maybe we can get the crew behind the glass to double check this. I believe it is. They can start submitting their votes at the start of the fourth quarter. And they have to be submitted by the two minute warning. Right. Because we dug but into I mean, a bunch of that stuff last year when exactly is, what you're describing happened.
5: And by the way, can I just say, that is in today's day and age, where you can get results in a second if you do it the right way in terms of the like the technology. I mean, it could be like, look, how you're... in the world are you taking votes exactly. as a two-minute warning when that is where the game could be decided, and we have seen be decided multiple times in the Super Bowl, yeah. where in every how a, a guy can get a game-sealing pick. And not win it. How a dude can make a game-saving tackle and not win it? Like those are the things that works against you when you're voting when you're betting into these
6: markets. Yeah, and especially when you. It's look. It's the same NFL media almost every year covering the Super Bowl. Right. It's hey, download this app or text this number. Whatever your pick is. Yep. Right. Like and, and yeah, the deadline then could be with 20 seconds left in the game.
5: And also, we should just point out sometimes voters.
6: I'm sorry, but like are dumb. Like Oshaik Bhaji winning
5: most outstanding player in the NCAA tournament last year was ridiculous, but he was a name, and so he gets it. And sometimes you get voters who just vote for the name, and that's what you're gonna get. So mm-hmm. like, look, play this back when like Darius Slay wins Super Bowl MVP, <laughs> right? Like we'll yeah. uh, look like idiots. I'll gladly take the loss on that one if that really happens. Uh, But I just, I find it hard to realistically look anywhere else when you're talking about this market. And again, it goes to, too, when you're talking about the Super Bowl MVP, the way to attack it once the postseason gets started. You know, a lot of people talk about like, hey, you know, what's the value of the board, blah, blah, blah it's a lot of the times like at the beginning of the postseason you could have gotten Patrick Mahomes in the range of like what six to one yeah. something like that to win Super Bowl MVP that's your chief Super Bowl ticket right there right once right. the postseason begins you could be sitting on that here Absolutely. as he's in a small price
6: I almost saw Brendan Todd chipping an eagle he's not gonna get there let's open tap in birdie I know Jeremy our director is on this as well let's go Live golf betting, JVT. Let's get it home.
5: Jonathan Isaac with a nifty little transition slam makes it 21-15. Orlando Magic trail the Charlotte Hornets, 526 left to go in this one. All right, we'll take our break on the other side. We get back to the Kyrie Irving saga, and we'll see uh, what exactly is happening out in Brooklyn. Alex Schiffer of The Athletic joins us next.
4: the sports betting network
5: big game means big plans for v-sin we're going to be in the middle of all the action broadcasting live from radio row in phoenix we got athlete and celebrity interviews or experts breaking down the game don't miss any of our coverage huddle up watch follow the money lombardi line final countdown prime time all live from radio row starting next week for betting splits expert picks big game prompts more head to v vsim.com VSIM.com. alright right let's get the update on what's happening Uh, when it comes to Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets beat writer Alex Schiffer is uh, nice enough to step away from this uh, DePaul matchup and a Seton Hall game. He's out there in the concourse. Alex, thank you very much for the time. Uh, So let's just start. I want to start with the obvious question here. Does Kyrie Irving get traded by the deadline coming up in a few days?
7: Yes, I think he does. I think the Nets are trying to get the best offer they can back for him, given how weird of a market he has with all that's gone on in recent years. But... I think that I think this is the end of the Kyrie Irving era that wasn't for the Nets. So
5: when people will tell us, because I've heard a lot of like, no, they should play hardball. Like you know, you know they did it before. Why not do it again? He's walking at the end of the year, right? That seems all but guaranteed. You can get something back from him if it's like a first-round pick or something. And for a team that wants to restock that cupboard, it's, it makes the most sense given the the relationship and what they have in terms of draft capital.
7: Yeah, you know the the whole thing of um, of him walking you know I, I am kind of skeptical about just because he does have roots out here he's from the area and again who has cap space and who's going to move the world to get a sign and trade for him i was always skeptical of some of those things but i, I think the bigger thing is just like it, it's like round 50 with this guy and everything that's yep. gone on I've, I've lost count of it all like how much more of this are you going to be put up with and you know last year's team was already fractured going into the playoffs with the, him not complying with the vaccine mandate and all that came from that you know, I mean, you, you, you're, you're trying to maximize your time with Kevin Durant and keeping him along when this is going to be the sideshow at a time when they were playing well to me doesn't make sense. So, I, I I'm scared, you know, there is a world in which they could have, you know, really made him, uh, you know, really called his bluff and see where it I gone. But I, I, think that, I think they're even exhausted by that option. You know what I mean?
6: Yeah, Alex, thanks for joining the show. I uh, appreciate you coming on. And that, that was kind of the question I was going to ask you. Is it, it does seem like there was maybe some reports out there, some posturing from Kyrie and his camp of just trying to get this contract moved along further and contract talks moved along further. But in your mind now, this is more of a team. The team is we're, not, we're done with this. We, this has gone on too long. It is time for us to, uh, to separate here.
7: Yeah, that, that's how they seem to be operating. You know, is there a world in which he's still a net by Thursday? Yes, but, um, you know, they, my understanding is that they have been engaged with teams heavily on seeing what's out there and what the best deal they can find is. So, I, I, you know, James Harden a year ago wanted out. They could have maybe called his bluff. They, they ended up moving him to where he wanted to go. You know, we'll see how much they accommodate Kyrie with the idea that he has no preferred list, but there's a long history there with the Lakers from last summer's flotation, so... I think they're operating if they're going to do everything they can to move them and get the best possible return.
5: So we get a report yesterday that uh, one more team did enter the fray. The Los Angeles Clippers reportedly have started to uh, engage in the Brooklyn Nets and trade talks. So we've got four reports, it seems, or four teams that have been reported. The two L.A. teams, I think the Phoenix Suns have been thrown out there. The Miami Heat have been thrown out there. The Dallas Mavericks, uh, I guess, are on the fringes, too. Uh, at this point, if you were to make a favorite and uh, just guess at it, who do you think would be at the top of the board in terms of the favorite to land, Kyrie?
7: You know, I, I think the Lakers would be at the top of the board just in the sense of that, you know, it gives him the best chance to win a title with LeBron and AD there. You know, from an assets perspective, I, I, the, the way this all goes down is going to be extremely fascinating to me because the Nets just can't have Ben Simmons and Russell Westbrook on the same team yeah. based on their games. And those are arguably two of the worst contracts in the league right now, even though Russ isn't expiring. But still, um, so I feel like if it was the Lakers, they would have to get a third team involved. You know, the, the other thing about the Lakers and the Mavericks is there's a lot of Nets alumni from Kyrie's tenure there in the front office. And, you know, you look at Spencer Dinwiddie, like those teams know exactly what they're signing up for, have a lot of intel on it. Um, I can't see Miami, you know, um, Phoenix. I, I would take Jay Crowder and Chris Paul straight up for Kyrie right now. I think that that. Jay Crowder's a winner. Chris Paul's a steadying force. So they those guys, Kevin Durant and the rest of the roster can – can make something, uh, you know, make it interesting in the playoffs, win a series, maybe push in a second. Um, I know Chris Paul's not what he what used to be, but he's still a veteran of the postseason. So, you know, I look at Phoenix. I look at the Lakers. The Clippers just, to me, have a lot of depth pieces. You're not really getting back like an alpha dog type guy if you do a deal with them. Um, I, I kind of wonder about that one. And also, I just I, I can't imagine having Kawhi and, and Kyrie on the same team from a personality standpoint. Um, you know, so I, I wonder a little bit about, about that, but I, so I, I think the Lakers and the Suns are the two that I see happening more than more likely than the others.
6: Okay. Yeah. I was just going to say, you did a great job of breaking down of all, uh, and, and a lot of what we've been doing the past, you know, 24 hours now, breaking down a lot of teams that could and could not make sense. And it seems to be, there's more teams that do not make sense. So you you think it is a Phoenix and Lakers more likely down to those two than anybody else?
7: Yeah, you know, I, I think you also have to consider. I mean, James Harden wanted to go to the Sixers, and the Nets granted his wish. Mm-hmm. You know, when when speaking of Kawhi, when he went to the Clippers and wanted Paul George to join him, the the Thunder traded him to the, to the Clippers. You know, the the trade um, a trade. The um, the trend here is that when when the stars want out, and want to go to a certain place. You know, going back to James Harden, also with that first trade to the Nets. The, the track record, that's what I was looking for. The track record with a lot of these is the, the star player tends to go where they want to go, which, which leads me to believe, despite everything Kyrie's done, that he's probably going to wind up a Laker just based on that alone. And it seems like the Lakers have been a more um, engaged team than some of the others. So, so that's kind of where my thinking comes from there, aside from the reporting. And you know, my, my colleague Sam Amy reported that you know, the Lakers are heavily engaged, but you know, the, one of the problems right now is that the Lakers want to offer Kyrie the two-year max that they could the line his contract up with LeBron and Kyrie wants the four-year max, so that's already been a snap boo. So, again, like I think it's going to be a long week uh, for me. Sadly, yeah. uh, I got to eat better than I did at last year's trade deadline when I only had a Muscle Milk and Goldfish today. day James <laughs> got traded. But, uh, but yeah, I, I just think these guys kind of wind up where they want to go, which leads me to think the Lakers have an edge.
5: Uh, so, what does this mean? Let's say Kyrie, wherever it goes, Kyrie's gone. Uh, what does it mean for Kevin Durant? There's been reports that the, a lot of teams have called more about Kevin Durant than it means for Kyrie Irving. Are the are the Nets still determined to hold on to Durant and make something out of this team?
7: Yeah, to me that is the question. Um, we haven't heard from him. We're supposed to get an update on his MCL sprain Monday. Uh, that's tomorrow. Like I said, this is all, all the stuff's already getting to me. Sorry, but um. um and, you know, the idea is that he could be back practicing with the team by the end of the week and playing next week if all goes well or even as early as Saturday. So it's going to be an interesting week. You know, I – this is – no reporting on this. This is just common sense with me. But I have a hard time believing that if the Nets were going to go full blow-it-up mode that they could pull off a Kevin Durant and a Kyrie trade in the same week just given the time crunch the runner. A lot of time till Thursday. But, you know, there's already enough gymnastics with just getting Kyrie moved. So I don't see them going full rebuild or anything. I think that they're trying to get the best return they can for Kyrie, and give it a go with Kevin Durant this postseason. And then maybe, depending upon how this all works out, maybe they trade Kevin Durant in the summer if that's his preference. But I don't, I don't see a return, a trade for Kevin imminent if that's what he wants. I think it, it'd be more in his nature to kind of tough it out this season, and and then kind of see where it goes.
6: Yeah, I do, I do think that's an interesting, you know, kind of sub supply here right is the lack of time these teams have to get things done i i I would get i i would venture though to think that after what we saw last offseason from kd and if he's really was as surprised about this as as we're kind of hearing uh about man i would think he's not asking you know at least Back to asking about potential trade scenarios for himself, especially if teams are calling in. Alice, do you think that's what's going to be happening? And it just the time factor is going to become too much. They just don't have enough time to figure this all out?
7: Yeah, that's because to me, if I were the Nets and I were going to press the reset button fully, I would be trading Seth Curry, who would be an attractive Mm -hmm. rental to teams, Patty Mills, Joe Harris. Like, to to me, if they press the reset button um, on this whole team, I'm getting rid of everybody that I can get something back for, throwing out a G League team the rest of the year and trying to get as low of a draft pick as I can because Houston's going to be in the mix for that top pick. And, you know, if they, they could get as high as the number two pick because of that pick swap with Houston and, and still get someone good to rebuild around. So I, I just think if the nuclear option was going to be engaged, that we would be hearing a lot more of the Nets having other guys on the market right now, and it'd be kind of like a garage sale. And, and that just hasn't happened yet. Again, today's Sunday, Thursday at three PM is you know, four days away. I, I feel like if they were gonna maximize this window there'd be more there'd be more weeks of sorts that that they have more of their team open. So to me, it went from before the Kyrie trade request they were gonna get a guy, you know, maybe a marginal trade to kinda upgrade, you know, maybe a backup center or whatnot. Now I think that the idea is they're gonna try to move Kyrie, see what the best return they can get for him is and then see where where the holes on the roster they can fill from there and maybe go something marginal. So I, I, don't think, I don't think they have the window to kind of reset the roster, clean the cap sheet, all those kind of things, given the time circumstances and the gymnastics they're already working with here.
5: Alex, we appreciate the time today, man. Enjoy the rest of the Seton Hall-DePaul game. Thanks for stepping away.
7: You're the first person to ever say enjoy the rest of the DePaul game. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you
5: got it. You got to find the little things in life, you know what I mean? Forty-eight thirty-four. 34 Seton Hall up on time. All right, we'll take our break here. Continue on here on Live Event Sunday.
6: Live Bet Sunday on VSN, the
4: Sports Betting
5: Network. A reminder for all of you, by the way, that you can wager at BetMGMs or BetMGM Rewards Points, which you can convert into MGM Rewards Points with all of your bets. Visit BetMGM.com, download the BetMGM app today, sign up and take advantage of one of the best reward systems in the country. BetMGM.com and download the BetMGM app today. It is live bet Sunday. Kelly Bidlin, Jonathan Von Tobel alongside. Uh, we have a couple of things in terms of breaking news. Uh, we should update really quickly. First off, uh, it is reported. Shams uh is saying that one Stephen Curry uh, is going to be out for multiple weeks with the knee injury. Uh, we were just talking about this because uh, we were discussing the six man of the year. May I say so? We had went out there and <laughs> right bet Jordan Poole at 40 to one to win six man of the year. Bet MGM. It was a number that was a little off market. Uh, everybody's, like, dancing and laughing because it's like, ha-ha, see, he's not going to... Why not start Dante DiVincenzo instead of Jordan Poole?
6: I mean, I like that plan. <laughs> like that well, plan. that's a serious question. Or, 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 I mean, the odds have not moved a- in right. a lot of the books, I mean, in the past, what, 20 Because I mean, we don't know
5: what they're going to do, but clearly one of the things that he didn't like was Jordan Poole out there for whatever reason. If you're pushing buttons and trying to figure things out, Why wouldn't you try Dante DiVincenzo and see what that is? I
6: don't disagree. I don't disagree. My biggest problem with this team almost all season has been, um, look, he might be inefficient at times, but Jordan Poole needs to get more shots up than what they give him. This team still seems to... Yeah, Steph's going to be Steph, and he deserves every shot he's going to take. I feel, I feel like there are way too many. We've seen way too much of hot and cold clay, clay throughout the season. I don't think he should be getting the amount of shots that he ends up getting every single game. And Jordan Poole will be sitting over there with nine field goal attempts uh, every once in a while. So I, whichever best way is suited to get this guy more involved in the offense— I agree with. Him. So look, Divincenzo has been, been great this year. Um, yeah, I think that could make some sense.
5: It would make sense for us too because we want to win money. So we'll absolutely, see what I mean, it uh, makes a lot of sense for us. Yes, absolutely. Uh, really quick too for anybody who's keeping track of injuries. Uh, you said we do we have injury finally posted injury report? Oh for yeah, we, yeah, we got Nuggets? a lot
6: of stuff for Denver tonight. That line on the move against Minnesota. Uh, it, Jokic is. I thought I had seen out, but I see a doubtful tag next to him now. Uh, let's go with Doubtful for now, although I did check your check uh, check beat reporters because I thought I saw out. But we have him officially tagged Doubtful, Aaron Gordon, Doubtful, Casey P Doubtful, Jamal Murray, Doubtful. So go. basically the entire Denver starting lineup.
5: Also, last one on the Warriors, the Curry thing with the whole pool. The All-Star break is coming up. The injury did not say multiple games, it said multiple weeks. So good point.
6: Good point. That helps just,
5: us. Let's pump the brakes. All right. Super Bowl 57, I know this now, uh, not because it's written on the rundown, but because I can read new Roman numerals with no problem. <laughs> yesterday, we were talking about some like, specific matchups, right? We discussed a lot, Danny Burke and I did, uh, the offensive line for Kansas City against his pass rush for Philadelphia. And I think this uh, offensive line for Kansas City, as I pointed out yesterday, is actually like, a pretty underrated offensive line, given how well they have pass blocked for Patrick Mahomes. And if you look at the distribution of like, pressures allowed, Mahomes has been responsible for quite a bit. So let's talk about another specific matchup here. This would be this Chiefs secondary against the Eagles called pass game. And I want to start with the most important thing, uh, which, of course, is Jalen Hurts. Mm -hmm. Hurts has not looked great in the two playoff games in which we have seen him. And especially, you know, a lot of people get wrapped up. I I got a lot of like they dominated the 49ers. Yeah, that defense did. It was great. Jalen Hurts didn't really look great. 62.3 passing grade by PFF standards in that game against the San Francisco 49ers. A.J. Brown, who is, of course we have listed here, second team All-Pro this year, yep. he misses A.J. Brown on a deep touch would have been a deep touchdown pass was pretty inaccurate throughout that entire game. His adjusted completion percentage, which is essentially like literal accuracy, right of ball placement, a PFF rated it at a sixty-six point seven. That's not very good, right? That's not general. Just hey, complete a pass. Yep. That's actual ball placement. I think if you're looking at this from like a perspective of Eagles passing game versus Chief secondary. The thing that worries you, Kelly, is that the downward turn in play, because I'm not going to go with the, see, Hurts has been exposed. No, I don't think it's the case. I think what worries you is the downturn in play coincides with a return from injury to a shoulder, mm-hmm. and you wonder how much of that is this and how much it lingers because he has not really looked great as a passer.
6: Yeah, I, I, look, this is, what I, this is what I struggle with a bit because it is everything you just laid out is correct. And does his return in some... You know, subpar play, and maybe that's maybe just, you know, like we said, it's easier opponents he didn't have. He wasn't asked to do all that much. But is there some concern that that correlates, right, to to him coming back from injury? Absolutely. I'm going to go with things I know and things I don't know, though. That That is something I don't know. There's been a lot of speculation about his injury and, and it holding him back the past couple games. He's not in on an, any injury report, though. Mm-hmm. And look, I guess I'll probably tell you a little bit where I'm leaning with this game and and how I'm looking at betting it. He's not on any injury report. We have seen on the other side Patrick Mahomes injured, running around, hobbled. Now, I think we know kind of what his limitations are, and we expect to see him even better than what we saw him like in the AFC title game. I think everybody expects that. But I guess it's kind of amazed me, and look, this is where we have almost way too long to talk about this game, right? Because we can dive into every angle possible. I'm just not gonna. I'm not gonna overcomplicate my thinking on this game with Jalen Hurts and his injury. We are his timeline has already far exceeded what they expected for him to be back 100%. Uh, he is well past that by a few weeks now. Um, so I, I, as far as that goes, yes, is it the back of my head, head as a concern? It totally is. Do I want to go into the paralysis by over analysis mode though on this? No, I don't. And I feel like there's a lot of people getting close to doing that. As far as where where the rest of the offense ranks, I I think they have the advantage. I mean, besides the quarterback uh, position, the Eagles to me have an advantage on basically everybody everywhere else on the field. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, the receivers in the trenches on both sides. This, this is where it really becomes interesting with the Super Bowl because it, it's, do you believe in the better quarterback? Do you believe in the better team? And I, that's really where it's at to me. And I, I do believe that this Eagles team is more well-rounded and basically every, everywhere else on the field.
5: Yeah, and the, uh, the corners and just the defensive acts overall for Kansas City, when you're talking about matching up here, like they, a lot of them have graded out here pretty well, especially mm-hmm. the guys that have played uh, large chunks of these games, right? We're talking about four or five guys uh, with coverage grades of over seventy three point six by PFF standards for Kansas City, and a vast majority of them are guys who are playing in, you know thirteen plus games for them., uh, so I, I, I'm really interested to see how that works out. Obviously, we know a lot of what the Eagles do is generated through their ground game, but th- this is this dynamic of the sudden downturn to play, the cor- the corner position, which I don't think you really think of the Kansas City Chiefs in terms of their corners. You don't really think of corners in general at all. Yeah. But how this plays out and going forward, what a guy like my, my argument yesterday was if if I was playing something wide receiver wise for the Philadelphia Eagles, I'd rather go high volume of catches for A.J. Brown. like So like an over receptions uh, okay. Okay. as opposed to over in yards.
6: Uh, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I actually made a bet, one of the prop bets I made was AJ Brown just on the and this is as basic as it gets, I think, but kind of mm. along the same thinking as you is just yes on his touchdown prop. Yeah. Because I again I don't know if I really want to worry about okay, how many yards is he gonna be able to get against this defense, how many or even how many catches but this guy's number has drifted over the past couple weeks with the limited amount of touches and targets that he's gotten. He's
5: got that, one touchdown since Week 14.
6: Exactly, but now that number's up to plus 140, which it, which is kind of an inflated number on what we've seen AJ Brown's anytime touchdown price at all this year. So I I, I did put a small bet in on that one uh, as as one of my Super Bowl prop bets that I kind of was shopping more seriously shopping this uh, uh yesterday over the uh, over Saturday. Um, so that's one I. Put put in but I think it's kind of think along the same thinking as you with this offense
5: and to speak to I mean this is this is the interesting part about what we're seeing here and again tying this back to Jalen Hurts right and just what the quarterback play has been like for AJ Brown overall and I think this has more of a decline to do with his numbers you know like we're talking about the last four games for example again going back to Hurts coming back here and are in that range and then one of these is Gardner Minshew game, but you're talking about like nine targets, four receptions, nine targets, four receptions, mm-hmm. uh, eight targets, four receptions, five targets, three receptions. Like the, the rate of receptions to targets should be much higher. Yeah. And when he's not getting charged with drops in that stretch, that is telling you that he is not the recipient of tar- accurate targets. He's getting targeted, but these are not targets, which are catchable balls over the time stretch that I'm talking about here for AJ Brown. He has been charged with two drops total, Right. So you've got a low reception rate on these targets and really only drop two passes. This does speak to what the quarterback play has been like. Again, that speaks to Gardner Minshew, but also the downturn of production. And to your point, maybe numbers drifting on him. We'll see if that improves. But th- this is this is obviously where it, this is where this matchup is won. Because if this passing attack is not going to be very effective, you can run the ball somewhat effectively against Kansas City. But at some point, you're going to have to keep up, essentially. Yeah, you
6: would think so. You right? would think so,
5: yep. It's going to be, I can't, obviously this game is going to be great, but this dynamic of this matchup is going to be fun. By the way, uh, Lombardi line doing a lot of great jobs in terms of breaking these down individually. So if you've missed out on any part of the Lombardi line, you go wherever you get your podcast, you can find it there, up on the website, decent.com. Um, Michael's been doing a fantastic job in terms of breaking down these positional matchups. I would say as somebody who's a former GM and whatnot, probably better than we are. Yeah, uh, when it yeah, comes to positional breakdown. So make sure you check him and Patrick out. They'll be out at Radio Row along with the rest of the crew here at V-CIN. All right, third hour, we'll give you an update on what is happening out in the world of college hoops. Alex Schiffer wasn't really that happy about this DePaul game, but, uh, you know, <laughs> it's, a, it's a game. Fifty eight forty 4.50 left to go. Uh, Vaughn Delzell is going to be with us in the third hour. We'll get his thoughts on the Super Bowl and what he's got a little bit later today as well. Stick with us.